0: Hey listen, we're so glad you joined us here this morning, whether it be here in person or on the other side of the screen. Um, you've joined us in a part five of a message series that we've called Stand. And uh, we're looking through we're handpicked. we're handpicking five stories out of this Old Testament book to, uh, to kind of look at and look how that we can stand and stand out, stand on, and stand up to the things we face in the world. And today we're going to look at stand in. Stand in. And you can actually, we could have added another word in there. that says stand in faith. And so if you're listening online or you're listening here in person, you get to look past my sniffles. I feel like I took a bath in pollen. So, but so I'm going to say, as, as we dive into this message, I believe with all my heart that this is one of those messages that, um, that will be, will be, is a great message of hope for somebody. I, I believe that God is going to speak directly to some, some of you who've been praying for a long time, a long, long time, believing that God is going to, would do something significant, and you've been praying and believing, and you still haven't seen anything. Anybody with me on that one? You've been praying for a long time to see God moving something, you don't see anything happening. If that's you, I believe this message will speak to you and in fact, I know so many people that are praying and believing for miracles so like in so many different areas of your life. Some people are praying for their children or other loved ones to become to to believe in Christ for the first time there's others who um you know you're praying for a breakthrough or like an o- to overcome depression or or a uh, financial breakthrough or maybe a relational breakthrough or some are are praying for your parents that maybe your parents are going through some stuff and you're like I don't want to see them get a divorce or I don't want to see their relationship go any farther downhill. So you're praying for that and you're you're, you're praying for a miracle and you just don't see God doing anything. Some are praying for a physical miracle, God heal me of this cancer or heal someone that I love with this type of disease or some of you are praying for your own marriage, whatever it is. You've been, you've been believing God for a long time for something significant and you still haven't seen any results from your prayer. And I believe that God is going to minister you this morning and um, so, if you have your Bibles, we're going to open them to Daniel chapter 10. If you don't have your Bibles, we have this really cool technology where we can put it on the screen so those don't, don't feel like awkward, but we'll put it on the screen for you. And um, If you were with us last week, just to kind of catch us up, you'll remember Daniel was in his 80s or so, right? And as we talked about Daniel and the lions, And oftentimes we said, you know, a lot of times we tell that some, some little kid's story. When in reality, it looked nothing like what we tell our kids. Like, it was like, I don't know if you ever been in a cage with a lion, but it's not very cute, okay? And it's, it's scary, and he's, but this week he's a little bit older, and, and he's, he's an old man. He's literally, for decades upon decades, he's been standing firm in his faith for decades, believing that God would do some miracles. And, and because if you remember in week one, we saw how King Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed everything in Jerusalem. Everything. And destroy the temple, and he he took their, their their things that they held sacred inside the temple and destroyed them. Or and then he what made it even worse he took he took some slaves into his own palace to try and make them like he said. You know, not only am I going to destroy your present, but I'm going to destroy your future. And so I'm going to take your brightest men and I'm going to make them and make them my servants. And you know, I'm teach them in the ways of the Babylonian way. So That's where we get Daniel and. You know, and his, his three buddies. And, but Daniel, for decades, decided, you know what? I'm going to be different than what they want me to be. Not in a confrontational way, but in just a, hey, listen, I'm going to believe God and what God's going to do in my life. And, and Daniel, for decades, had been praying that God would restore the temple that was destroyed for years. And that his Jewish brothers and sisters would have been, who were in bondage for all these years would be released to go back to their homeland and there were some signs that this might actually happen. But all of a sudden, Daniel had this horrible dream. You know, we talked before about Daniel's interpreted dreams, but he had this horrible dream. A vision from God that was so disturbing to him, all he could do was seek God in prayer. So he, he saw that he saw a vision of more war and hardship, and he's like, I've I've been praying for decades, and now I see more hard times are coming. I can't even like he's like, I can't even take this anymore. I can't take anymore. And so Daniel did what Daniel always did, Remember we talked about last week, he always did what he always done. and He sought God in prayer, and for 21 days he went on a fast. I don't know if I could do that. <clears throat> I like to eat. But Daniel fasted for 21 days. It says that he wore no fragrant lotions, which means he didn't take a bath. If you go fast, make sure you take a bath. Do that, okay? But he he had a but he when he fasted for twenty one days after this twenty one day period he had a vision of an angelic being and that's what we're going to read about in Daniel chapter ten. <clears throat> but this kind of catches up. We're not totally for sure who this angelic being is, but I believe, along with a lot of other biblical scholars, that this is the pre-incarnate Christ and you say what does that mean And in the Old Testament we have you know we know God is from the very beginning was Father, Son, Holy Spirit it's the Trinity right he was always, he's always been and, what, and what, we believe is, what we believe what I believe is it's, this is where Jesus appears in the Old Testament and, and before Jesus appears in the New Testament in bodily form he existed even before he came to earth okay so here's the deal This is known as a Christophany. So next time you're at work in the break room and you want to like show off in front of your kids, in front of your workers, uh, workers, you can say, you know, have you heard of a Christophany? They're like, what's a Christophany? You can say, well, it's an Old Testament vision of Jesus, and there you go. Okay, see how that works out for you. All right. So apparently this is a Christophany. We don't. We don't know for sure, but I'm going to preach it like it is, because if I'm going to err on anything, I'm going to err on the side of Jesus. So it's like in Sunday school, when somebody asks a question, the answer is always Jesus. Okay, Jesus. All right? So here's the deal. Daniel chapter 10, verse 5 through 8. Let's look at this together. and how, what see what we see from Daniel, okay? Verse 5 says this. I looked up, and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like precious gem, like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. This sounds a lot like the picture of Jesus in Revelation 19, right? That's why I kind of believe this is Jesus, okay? His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared out like a vast multitude of people. When he spoke, it was like tens or hundreds or thousands were speaking, and that's how, how powerful his voice was. Can you just imagine one man having a voice that powerful and this is verse 7. Only I, Daniel said, saw this vision. The men that were, men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. Now, it's really interesting to me that Daniel is the only one who saw this vision. See, the other guys didn't see it. And, I, and it, why is that? And like I said before, we don't know for sure, but I believe oftentimes that, is that God will reveal some something special to someone that's not meant for anybody else, it's meant for them. It's kind of like, like for those of you who've been followers of Jesus for a while, it's like that time, you know, those times when you read over something in the Bible and you've read it like 10 billion times, but all of a sudden there's a verse that jumps off the page and you like go to your friends and they're like, you're like, hey, look at this verse. and You read this verse and they're like, yeah, like. I've heard that before. And you're like, no, no, but did you hear it? It's kind of like that, you know. And so you tell your friends, look at this verse, and they're like, yeah, 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 let's go get some coffee. No, I don't, I don't see it that way. Or it could be a song or a message or a moment with God, and you're just like, that was the most amazing thing. And this is what happened to Daniel. They didn't experience, and I believe with all my heart, there are some of you today who are going to have a movement like that. Or you're going to be, hear from God and it's like heaven opens up and God's speaking directly to you. And you may ask others, wasn't that the best thing ever? And they won't feel it, but you will feel it. Okay? Because we are we serve a good God who's special and knows exactly what we need in, a, in, in our everyday life. So Daniel has this moment like this. And in verse 8, in the middle of the verse, he says this. And then here he is in the presence of God, in the presence of Christ, or this angelic being, and he says... My strength left me, and my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. So just imagine, he's been fasting for 21 days, he's been praying for 21 days, and boom, the glory of God is right there with you. Like, of course you're going to, like, be weak, and look what happens. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and laid there with my face to the ground because the Bible says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess. That's how powerful Jesus is. That's powerful. I heard the sound of his voice and I could no longer stand and I fell face down. And so, what's all this about? It's, it's the idea that the strongest of men cannot bear the weight of the glory of God. The, strong, the strongest, like if you've had a moment deeply in the presence of God, listen, you, you lose your strength. You don't want to stand. I don't know, some of you, if you've been followers for Christ for a while, I, I hope you've had moments like this where you do, you're so in the presence of God, you may simultaneously be grieving over your sinfulness, but at the same time rejoicing over the grace that's found in the cross and in His forgiveness. In a moment with God, you're so overwhelmed by His presence, by His comfort, by His assurance, and you just don't want you just don't want it to end. Like, I, I, I've I've had one of these supernatural moments, and I don't really, there's two stories I want to share with you about persistent prayer, and, and I haven't really ever shared this publicly in the last two years, but, you know, and you may not believe me, but I don't really care, because it was for me that you said that. But, you know, back when I first started doing this, <clears throat> doing the church put together it was a couple months afterward that we did the pastors, uh, the network they were part of did a pastors retreat and one of the things that they do right in the beginning is right when you get there you put your cell phone down, you put your computer down and you go spend three to four hours in the woods just praying okay and it's that Camp Wayflow up in almost in Newport and they had these little cottages and I found myself a porch and I remember like like I felt so weighty I mean I was a little bit fatter then but I felt so weighty like I couldn't do anything except for just fall like get on my face on the front porch of this cottage and just pray like I don't even have words to describe what I was feeling it was like but here's, here's the thing like like I'm not saying that God spoke to me in audible voice but it seemed like it was audible like, maybe Have you ever had one of those things where it's like, you know what didn't come from the outside but something inside of you? It's like you heard it. Maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. But it was like on the inside, like I was struggling a little bit with how, how to get all this started financially, or I was struggling a little bit on how to get all this, all this started organizationally, or and I was just like, who was I going to bring in? And It was like I heard this voice say to me, you be faithful and trust me. You be faithful and trust me. And I remember on that front porch, probably all the other 30 pastors that were there probably could hear me, but I just screamed, I will trust you. I'll be faithful. I'll do whatever it takes. In that moment, I felt the weight come off of me because for, for long, I was like, how am I going to do this? What am, what am I going to do about this? Instead of just trusting God with doing that, I was scared. But the, like all that went away in that moment, in that supernatural moment with God, and it's okay if you don't believe all that. It's, but it was for me. And then there's this other story of, you know, when I was seven years old. I hope it's okay for me to tell the story, Dad. But when I was seven years old, uh, I was hit by a car, as most people know. Like, I should have died. Like, should have died. But here's how this led up. You know me and me and Justin and Jessica. Kevin wasn't even thought of then. Okay. <clears throat> you know we uh, <coughs> we had been going to church with this, these people named Lewis and Gary. Then Mom started coming back, but Dad was out of church. And I remember Mom praying hard. I mean and I remember like I remember, I don't know how long it was, but as a kid it seemed forever that we were trying to get dad to come to church. I mean I would have arguments with him with the, holding a basketball in my hand saying, He holds the whole world in his hands like this, Dad see, come on. And that's like what kind of argument is that? You know, <laughs> like you know, but I was I was a six, seven year old kid, and I remember my mom praying for weeks. God, do whatever it takes to get coy to go back to church. And but what and what she was saying was, do whatever it takes do something to me to get Coy's attention. Take my voice away. Not me, but this is Mom talking. Take my voice away. Take my arm away. Take whatever it does to get Coy and just have something to do with me. It wasn't too long after she prayed that prayer that my dad saw me get hit by a car. I remember being in the hospital. I remember it was kind of all fuzzy-like and people coming around me. I remember a lady, that girl named Vanessa coming in and seeing me. I used to have a crush on her. I don't know why. Um, and then Dolores coming in. I remember Mom and Dad coming in periodically. I remember having like this neck brace on, and it was aggravating me to death. And and but here's the whole thing: like there was this break between the time that happened and when I had surgery to re- repair my skull because it crushed my laying there and all that happening. And then there was this break in between the time that I actually got healed and when I got hit by the car and when I had surgery. And I remember my mom prayed another prayer, right? And I was like, Mom, this a little bit scary. <laughs> And she prayed this prayer that said, you know, God, if it takes Derek dying to get Coy back in church, I'm okay with it. You remember that? She actually came to Dad and said, I told God to take, it, take Derek's life if that's what it takes to get you back in church. Luckily, he didn't have to do that. <laughs> but just that persistent prayer, trusting God in the middle of when life sucks most, Right? when life sucks most, the standing in faith. So what I want to do, now that you know those two stories, and I want to do in knowing that, I want to spend the rest of our time and move into what's called an application point of just knowing, like, in other words, what what does this look like, to stand in faith? And what we're going about to see in Daniel's life is how he stood in, how he stands in faith in the middle of when life sucks the most, and so what I want to talk about is how does this apply in our lives? How do you stand firm in faith? How did my mom stand firm in faith in the middle of, man, this really sucks. Like, Derek could die. How, did, how do you stand in faith? And we're going to look at three things. The first thing is, if you're taking notes, that you always need to remember is that God cares about you more than you do. God cares about you more than you do. Verse 10 says this, just then a hand touched me. He did what? The hand touched me and lifted me. Like this reminds me of this old hymn that you know says, "Just in, just in a hand touched me and lifted me." Here's the words: "From sinking sands, he lifted me with a tender hand. He lifted me from shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise his name! He lifted me. The hand of God never extends to condemn." It never extends to condemn. That's why the most, the most popular verse in all of Christian history, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his Son, that so whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And we stop there. But Verse 17 says that God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but those that in the world through him may be saved. So he reached out his hand and he touched Daniel in verse 10 says, this then his hand touched me and lifted me. And some of you, you're, you're going to sense the hand of Christ lifting you today, I hope. He says, still, still trembling to my hands and knees. And a man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Daniel, you are very precious to God. And you know, some, For some of you, this is your moment. Maybe this is what you need to hear from God, is that, that you... Here today, or listening online, or listening while you're running on a treadmill, whatever. You are precious to God. You are valuable. The word precious literally means valuable. That's why he had to pay a price for our salvation. That's why the Bible says he had to pay the price of the cross in his blood to save us. We're that valuable. And nothing you can do can make him love you more. And nothing you can do can make him love you less. It's just who he is. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. You are precious to God. You are valuable. And if I was to be honest with you, I've a lot of people, I love a lot of people, but they're not precious to me, right? My kids are precious to me. My wife is precious precious to me. Pastor Joe back there probably freaked him out saying, Pastor, he is not precious to me. I love him, but he is not precious to me. It's guy code. You know those guy codes like you go into the bathroom, you don't stand at the same urinal right next to the other guy, or like, you know, guys can pat other guys on the butt all you want to as long as your hand's flat, but if you cup it, it's it's wrong. It's guy code, okay? Our good God looks at you with the same kind of love that a loving father has for his children. You are precious to him. Maybe that's all you need to hear. In the middle of when life sucks the most, all you need to know is that you are precious to him. He cares about you more than you could even care about yourself. And Daniel goes on, and the voice says this to him. You are precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up. Everybody say that. Stand up. We're going to stand up, for I have been sent to you," Christ says. When He said this to me, I stood up trembling. So three things to remember, when you're standing firm in faith, when you're standing in faith, the first thing is that God cares about you, right? more than you, more than you do. The second thing is this, and I love what, with all my heart that what this said, what I'm about to say is the second thing is this: God is doing more than you can understand. God is doing more than you understand. He's doing way, way more than you understand. This is about to get really cool and really weird at the same time. Okay, just to warn you. Verse 12. Then he said, this angelic being to me, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day. When? Since the first day you began to pray, since the first moment you prayed for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. Since the first time you prayed, God heard your prayer. Listen to what He said next: "I have come in answer to your prayer." So I gotta warn you: like, if you think it's been weird this far, it's about to get even weirder—like Star World, Star Wars, weird. Okay, get because so get ready. But it's really cool. Verse thirteen: Christ, this angelic being says, "But for twenty-one days." So how long? How long have Daniel been praying? 21 days. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked me, blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came and kicked some butt on my behalf. I did that part in. He came to, he came to help me. I let. I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom, kingdom of Persia. So let's talk about this for a minute because it's really interesting. Let me first say this. Those of you who have been praying for a long time about something, for those of you who have been waiting for a long time, and even maybe you're even wondering, is it all worth it? Is it all worth me wasting my breath, praying this prayer? Why, do, why we even bother? God doesn't care. I mean, if God were going to do something, he would have already done it by now. Um, now. I started praying a long time ago. Or maybe you're praying, you're just wasting your breath, or God's not listening. You have all this stuff going in your head saying God's not listening, right? He's not going to do it. It must not be his will. And I just want to talk to those of you who might be saying that in your heart, even now. What I want you to understand is the first time you prayed, God heard your cry. The first time you prayed, God heard your cry. The first time you prayed for healing for that person you loved, God heard your prayer. The first time you prayed for your child and begged God to do a miracle, God heard your prayer. The first time you prayed, our, our good God heard your prayer, our, and God loves a persistent prayer. It's like, I, even though it gets annoying to me, I love it when lyrics like, Daddy, 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 Daddy because I'm her father and, I, and she knows that I, I would do anything for her. Zane too, but you know. But God loves a persistent prayer. He loves it when we continually cry out to him. He loves the faithful, persistent prayer of his, of his saints. And, but the first time you called to him, heaven heard your prayer. The first time you cried out in faith believing heaven opened and God heard your prayer. Verse 13, this is so cool, I just want to talk about But for 21 days, like wait a minute, how many days is that that 's twenty one days How many days did daniel fast twenty one days that 's interesting verse for twenty one days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way now now, who is this spiritual prince of the kingdom of persia we don 't know for sure, but most people say this is a demonic force right remember there's angels that rebelled against God and in the early days and they 're you know, known as fallen angels, and many believe those those were demonic forces that that do battle against the kingdom here today, and and what we have to remember is that we are we we don't battle against flesh and blood, right? We we but we against powers and principalities of this dark world. In other words, what you see with your eyes isn't all that there is. There's more. So don't ever believe that what's in the, what's in the physical realm is the only thing. Like there's battles being fought on your behalf that you don't even see. For 21 days after you prayed, Christ was. Se- and was doing battle in the heavenly realms with the evil forces. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to back him up so that he could get to Daniel. He came to help me. So this angelic being says, "I I left him there. You deal with this prince from Persia. I'm going to Daniel as an answer to his prayer." And here's what's so powerful to me. And this moves me deeply in my heart. Like I wish I wouldn't not I wish I wasn't sick, so I could scream and not hurt my vocal cords, but. Think about this, Daniel prayed, and he continued to pray, and he continued to pray, and what did he see? He seen nothing. Not a thing. He didn't see anything, but just because he didn't see anything didn't mean that God wasn't doing something. Oh, I don't know how you're sitting there being all quiet today, you know. Maybe you've been praying for a long time, and you've been crying out to God, and you haven't been seeing anything. But just you know that just because you don't see God doing anything doesn't mean He's not doing anything. The first time you cried out to God, He released His angelic beings, and they're doing warf- warfare for you. Like I was talking to the guy who I work with at school about, like if we could just see, like if we could just see everything that God is fighting for us on that we that we don't have no clue all the things that we that we miss because he's doing battle for us. But they're doing warfare for us. They're doing warfare for you in a way that you don't even understand. And you just keep praying and you just keep believing. And you may not see anything, but you have no idea what kind of battle is going on in the heavenly realms for you. You have a God who loves you so much that he's working behind the scenes to do things you can't see And you wouldn't even understand because he cares about you. And the kingdom of light will overcome this kingdom of darkness that you're in. So 21 days earlier, when Daniel saw nothing, there's a battle raging in heaven. Because heaven heard his prayer the very first time he prayed. And the whole time, the answer was on the way. The whole time. Reminds me of the story of my own life when I was struggling financially financially. You know, not that it's a whole lot better now, but I was—I needed. I was praying to God, God, you got to do something. Got to do something. I'm freaking out. Rent was due three weeks ago. I'm surprised they haven't came and put a notice on the door. You got to do something and open the mailbox, and there's a check. And the whole time I'm like, God, just do. You got to help me do something. Check was in the mail. The answer was in the mail. For 21 days, Christ was on his way to be an answer to Daniel's prayer. 21 days earlier, Daniel still saw nothing. There was a battle raging in heaven, but heaven heard his prayer. I don't know how this would apply to you, but if God cares about the small things like a little bird, I think about how much more he cares about what you're petitioning him for in faith. As long as we stand in faith. So, how do you keep standing in faith? Because remember that He cares more about you than you do because He's doing way more than you see or understand. And number three, if you're taking notes, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. (coughs) His strength is made perfect in your weakness. In fact, the New Testament principle, Paul actually said, In your weakness, He is made strong. His strength is made perfect. It's in our camp that he shows up and he shows out. It's in our weakness that makes us strong. And here's why. It's all him. It's all him. When you get to the end of your strength, guess what? He took over. When I had nothing left, he stepped in. Some of you are going to come to a place in your faith where you feel like you've you've got nothing left. You're at the end of your string. But let me tell you, That when you're strongest, it's not when you're strongest, but it's when your weakness, when it's not in your own power, but it's when it's his power, when it becomes most real. Until we fully embrace our weaknesses, you will never appreciate and experience his strength. When you recognize I've prayed and I don't have any more faith, I physically don't have any more strength and I'm at the end of myself that's when his power becomes most real to you that's when his power becomes more real than ever before because until you embrace your weakness you'll never fully understand his strength see verse 17 this is crazy to me this is what Daniel says in Christ or to this angelic being how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. My st- Have you ever fitness felt like your strength was gone? I can hardly breathe. See, some of you right now, this captures exactly where you are right now. My strength is gone. I've been hanging on to this marriage. I've been hanging on for, for my kids. I've been fighting for this financially. I just don't think I can make it. My strength is gone, God. I can hardly breathe. I feel like I'm drowning. God, I haven't had a job in three months can you please do something you brought me here let me tell you that story I went to work at Knoxville. I, mean, I haven't had a job in three months and you let them just say no at the beginning like, I, I, like you gotta do something you can't breathe here I'm drowning in verse 18 it says then the one who looked like a man what did he do he touched me Again. He touched me again. And watch. And I felt my strength return. When he touched me again, I felt my strength return. And don't miss the power of this. Like when he touched me, I felt my strength come back. Some of you, this is all you need is this. Boom, right like right there. This is for you. There's your God moment. One touch your faith is restored one touch and you're coming back to christ one touch and you believe and you're believing god for that thing that you stopped believing god four years ago one touch and it's it's enough to keep on going one touch and your strength is returning one touch from the presence of christ and everything changes i have no strength god just let me touch you and i felt my strength return Christ goes on to say, don't be afraid. Like that's not possible. <laughs> don't be afraid, he said. In other words, if you don't if you didn't hear it the first time, hear it the second time. ready? For you are very precious to God. You are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged and be strong. So you can keep standing in faith because the first time you prayed for something God heard it. The heaven, o- heaven opened up. Angels started working. But let's be real honest. He may do exactly what you're praying for or he may not. His ways are higher than our ways. But just because you don't see anything doesn't mean he's not doing anything. Something and people are going to look at you and wonder and go, Justin, how are you still standing with everything that you're going through? How are you still standing? People are going to look at you, Megan, and go, With everything that you've been through, how can you still stand there the way you're standing? For all of us, people are going to look at us and wonder, and Go, how can you stand in that and be okay? How come you haven't given up yet? Why do you keep hanging on? Because they don't understand. Boy said, What you don't understand is I realize this that God cares for me more than I ever can care for myself. And He's doing way more than I could ever understand. And His strength is made perfect when I'm the weakest. I've embraced my weakness, therefore I've tapped into His strength. Because in reality, I can't do anything on my own anyways. What you need to understand is, I continue to believe with everything in me, because the first time I prayed, Heaven heard my prayer. And I know that no matter what I face in this life, the best is yet to come. Because the first time I prayed, Heaven heard my prayer. And I trust in a God who is good, working in all things to bring about good to those who love him. It may not look good here, but one day I'm going to be home. And it's going to be real good. I trust in God who, who is good, working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's how I continue to stand. Because just because we don't see anything doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. So Father, we pray that in your presence your Holy Spirit would strengthen your church to have faith to believe that what your will is in heaven will be done on on this earth. Maybe there's those who would say, yes, God is speaking directly to me or there's something I've been praying for and I need I need this just to keep believing. Or others who'd say, you know what? I admit I stopped praying for, praying for something and God is touching me with, with this right now and I feel my strength returning and I want to believe again. I want to keep praying and believing for a miracle. With this help, I will continue to stand in, to stand in faith. Father, I thank you today for those who are continue to believe for what others would say would be absolutely impossible may we pray big bold prayers that would seem impossible to people god we thank you that you are that you care about the intimate details of our lives that you fight for us that you're our defense that even now you are our defense against whatever the spiritual realm is trying to throw at us even though we don't see you doing anything by faith we believe in the heavenly realms you are doing more than we could ever understand and God we thank you now at this moment for those who are at the end of their strength and weakness has set in because that's when your strength is made powerful that we pray that your strength would be made perfect in that God, build the faith of your church. Give us the faith to continue to believe even when we do not see. And God, even if you don't if you do do what we think you should do, we continue to trust you because you are a sol- you're a sovereign God, a good God, who only has plans to bless us and prosper us, that your name would be glorified in this earth through us. We choose to trust you. Build our faith one touch. Just one touch, God. That's all we need. I thank you especially for those today who experienced the one touch, that one word, that one verse, that touch from your Holy Spirit, and their strength is made perfect in you. God has prayed for all of us standing over this right now. May we leave here in confidence, knowing that you are in charge, you got this we don't have to fear what's thrown at us because we already know that you've already defeated in you we have victory in your hands is our victory so I just pray that we we grasp that because we read the last page of the good book we know that we win no matter what we win I just pray for our hearts that we trust in you in the midst of this world that sucks that we continuously trust in you. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey listen.